0: And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly email where I'm sharing actual website and marketing tips, useful podcasts, free guides, resources, and much, much more. You can give it a try over at businessgrowth.email and start your week off with a bang Monday. So that said, my guest today is Camille Trent. Camille's the head of content over at Doody. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, early morning here. Thanks for having me, Sam.
0: Thanks for joining us early morning. I appreciate it. So yeah, looking forward to chat. We're talking all things category content versus commodity content. So let's not be around the bush. Let's jump straight in. For anyone that isn't familiar with these terms, Camille, what is... What is each if you can give us a a quick roundup of what each means really that'd be great
1: yeah so everyone's gonna have uh, their own sort of definition of it um and i broke it down the other day of my my personal sort of definition um so so to start off with um chris lockhead um mentioned this uh this like concept of um just calorie cal- calorie less um, content, right? Like this really like shallow content and it kind of okay. being what people want in general, right? Like if you think about listicles and you think about, um, Buzzfeed and, um, uh, just basically like really shallow content, it's, um, it's easier to consume. Right. Um, right. and it seems like easier to imp- implement. And so he gave this example of, um, weight loss, right? Like everybody, we don't need any more diets. Like there's, we don't need any more diet books. Uh, we have, I think all of the diets like down people know, um, in general, like that you need to basically, um, consume less, um, and exercise more, right? Like that's, that's pretty much like, uh, all you need to know. Um, but like, we keep kind of like looking for like an easy answer. Um, right. and this kind of like explains like the, the demand and like prevalence of, um, of commodity content is okay. because it's it's easy to create everyone's looking for like an easy answer and an easier way to create content and sort of like um, a cheat sheet right to marketing um, but then on top of that they're sort of being validated by this because um, the, the more shallow content um, tends to have more mass appeal it's like easier it's again it's like easier to consume it's easier to like digest um a tweet or something um that says like you should let everyone have um a personal brand or you should be nice to people you know what i mean you should is um... is this
0: why on linkedin when people repost tweets that say things like build a personal brand on linkedin or post what you think on linkedin or just really simple stuff and is this why they get such high engagement just because for our brain that's just easy to understand and we think yes that makes sense
1: yeah like we exactly like it's 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 easy to di- to digest and we agree with it and so it has mass appeal right so this is like actually an excellent media company type play right if you're if you're going for just reach and if you're um, if your tam is everyone right like if if you essentially like are going for for the world and that's the the audience that you're trying to build then that this approach is is fantastic for that because it it gets like it gets that reach right um and it still requires like some skill in that you have to like distill something um to like the most um simple form and you have to have a hook like for it to really go viral but um but if you look at a lot of a lot of viral content um it's um it's it's mass appeal and it's it's not very specific and in that way it's not very helpful for for most people um right like it's it's not going to explain something that you don't already know going back to like the diet example, like diets explain something that you already know. Most business books explain something that you already know. Um, sure. they're, they're just putting it maybe in a form that's like slightly easier to digest, but they're not necessarily like adding anything new to your life. So so that's kind of like commodity content. And I don't want to discount it because um, because there is like that that media brand play and like that awareness play. That's actually what's really helpful um, at the beginning. And honestly, we do... Um, we do some of the, the, the viral high reach, um, type, type content at our, at our own company. Right. But like, I think like the big sort of like caveat is, um, still having like the, the strategy of like, does this appeal to salespeople specifically? Right. Like, um, it, it can be it You can still do memes. Like you can still do tweets, but like, is this going to appeal to like, to a sales leader? Is this going to appeal to like a sales rep? Um, right and you have to know like the nuances of their day-to-day to to basically to sort of nail humor um, because because otherwise it doesn't it doesn't speak to them right it's uh it speaks to like if you don't know them like it's gonna it's gonna sound like your point of view it's gonna sound like a marketer like doing it right and so so that's like that's the difference um in sort of like elevating what i would um call sort of like now media uh, uh, niche media content right it's like That's like this next step that you would take from like commodity to to that. And then I can get into. um,
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great start. So is the rule of thumb on that, Camille, for commodity content that we shouldn't just put out a generic tweet or a generic post or something like that that's very simple to understand that might try and appeal to everyone unless we are some huge media company, but more so focus on something that might be a meme, might be a GIF, might be a retweet or, or something similar but that's more going to actually be in tune with our idle client profile, people that we actually want to attract and do business with. So they'll either find it funny, educational, helpful, and so on.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it's a great question. So so going back to like the, the media company sort of example, like media companies, they get revenue like through ad spend, right? And so like the more, the more eyeballs like that you have on something, um, the more you can charge for your ads and that's your revenue model, Right. And so makes sense like that you would um, go for reach, right? Um, software companies are kind of like the, the opposite in, in some ways, right? Is that like, if you're, if you're a startup SaaS company, you're looking to just break into the market. There's a lot of software. There's probably already software that does something similar to what you do, right? Hmm. Um, unless you're like a true sort of like category creator, you're probably not the first like in the market and you're in at first, like you're just trying to get like a, a piece of the pie and Typically one of the best ways to get like a, a piece in the pie is to go niche, like is to, is to get, go narrow and, yep. and say like, okay, we're going to go for specifically, um, AEs or specifically like sales engineers, right. Instead of okay. like trying to take like the, um, and so even if your your goal is like, okay, eventually we're going to take everyone, right? We're going to go like the Slack route and we want to be like in every every team's like um, home base or every team's like tech stack. Um, yep. A lot of people want that, right? Like everyone wants everyone, um, but it takes a lot of discipline to say, okay, like we're going to go like really niche and we're going to like just take, um, take this portion of the market. And then like once we win there, we can like find the places to expand because we're going to see like how they're referring it within their team and who else is using it. Um, and that'll kind of like shake product direction. So where I'm going with this is, and how this relates to content is, um, for a software company, it often makes sense to, to go narrow and to create more of like a a media company for your niche. Right. And like, this is where I think sometimes people go, go wrong. is like, you just go for the vanity metrics of, um, how many people are seeing, um, my post and assuming that like all is created equal there, right? That the like a um an intern seeing your post is the same as like a decision maker seeing your post, right? Yeah. Or um you know what I mean? And so you're you're looking at just the the quantity um type metrics, right? Of um likes and engagement and reach and stuff. And if you do that, you're gonna be really disappointed um with, with the with the um end results of lack of uh, revenue and like lack of quality pipeline because uh, you just went broad and you you don't get the benefits of like going specific getting those feedback loops um, like from that specific group because enough of those people are seeing it um, and being that being someone's favorite right um, if you're trying to be everyone's favorite you're probably going to be no one's favorite
0: gotcha okay so are we talking about like, for example, LinkedIn is an easy example, especially since they recently rolled out analytics so you can get more detailed on who has the demographics, job titles who are actually engaging and viewing and consuming your content. So we're basically saying, look, if we post out generic things that we think everyone's going to like, and yes, we're getting tons of likes, we're getting tons of impressions in the feed, but then we actually look at the data and none of them or a very small portion of them fit the client, the niche that we're going after, it's probably a waste of our time
1: yeah i mean exactly right um is that like if you just go for quantity it's like it's one going to be too overwhelming to like go in and um and nitpick like the quality of that audience right and you're just going to mm. assume right you're going to be like wow like a million is better than five thousand so like we should definitely keep doing this strategy um and um and to, to some degree, like quantity can work, um, but it's right. sort of a, a, a dangerous game. So, so that's why I like to um, pair it with more um, category content that um, also sets you up as like a leader in the space. And like, then you can be known for that because the other problem with um, category, or sorry, with a commodity content is just the fact that um, anyone can do it right like any of your competitors can do it any of them can yep. like sort of copy that that strategy and like catch up to you pretty fast right and you're not sure. really known for anything you're just uh, you're just there like you're just either repurposing right you're like a syndicator you're like re- re- sort of like repurposing um other content um yep. or you are not adding like enough value for people to just keep coming back to you specifically right like they're like maybe like they'll continue following you and like you're fun to have around but you need to like add sort of unique um, point of view and and value um, for you to be like the the leader in the space. And so I can give some um, examples here, but this kind of um, goes in nicely to like what what is category content or what are the factors.
0: Yeah, it kind of without talking about myself too much, it kind of reminds me of when I started on LinkedIn. I basically did what I shouldn't do. I tried to appeal to everyone. And I'd make posts some days on business, some days on sales, some days were on marketing, some days would be on websites. So probably across the week, it was just a spectrum of anything and everything. Um, and I was wondering why I didn't get inquiries or inbound leads or become recognized for what I wanted to know. And then when someone said, like, Sam, what do you actually do? I kind of realized, was it broke me into the realization that I should probably drill down into, in my case, websites and SEO and actually post kind of tips and share useful insights and stories around that. And lo and behold, once they actually drilled down and got a bit more niche, that's when kind of the, the inquiry started to come over time. So with that said, does, and this this can apply to commodity and content and category content when we get to it, is this just for, for social? Because I know we've talked about LinkedIn or Twitter. Does that apply to lots of other different channels as well, Camille? No,
1: yeah, it, apl- it applies to all channels. Um, so I'll give an example that's like non-social, just a, uh, just as a, as an example. Um, So a a few things come to mind. So um, Sales Loft uh, at one point did a piece around um, personalization in email, right. And analyzing, um, analyzing, I think like millions of emails and finding that, you know, 20% um, is kind of like the sweet spot and that you should personalize 20% of your emails um, versus 100%. And that's where you're going to get like the most um, efficiency, kind of like the best bang, bang for your buck. Um, so I have kind of like this deep um, insight uh, into that backed backed with data, right? And that's ultimately a blog. Um, but then you're able to repurpose like those insights for um, for social um, or for like a, a larger report. And so, um, so it's more like what's the sort of like pillar content um, or like point of view that you're starting with and then finding the best way to sort of like distribute that and like promote it to your to your market, like get it in front of the people who care about that content. The the example that I'll that I'll give for for Julie, just to give us a shout-out, is uh, we did like a sales happiness index. And so like one okay. that's that's interesting um, in that uh, we worked with a PR agency and they essentially did a little bit of analysis and were like, this is gonna like hit the best, like for um, for the market and that nothing really exists for this right now. So that's like, like category factor number one, right. Is like nothing like this report exists right now. And then number two, like what one thing that Dooley actually does, like the product actually does, um, is like increase seller happiness and like sales happiness and satisfaction, um, both for the reps and then for, um, for leadership, and um, and then there's like a productivity element in there too, and so we made sure that those types of questions were in the report of like what are you doing after hours? How are you working more or less? Anyways, so related to the product, right? Like there's there's product like strategy there, um, and then two like not just having the report, but then also putting it, distilling it for people. Um, like um, what's the shorter version? Like what um, what's kind of like the blog version um, that we can that we can turn this into. Um, And what's that sort of like headline going to be? And so, um, so the headline ended up being like 41% of the work week um, or the sales work week is not spent selling. Right. And like, and that's costing companies um, 38% in revenue every quarter. So, so that's like, we tell you, we tell you like the point and like sort of our, um, take, it's not even our take, like we're backing it with data, but we're basically sharing like the the market problem that we help solve, like in the beginning, um, by kind of surfacing the point like of the whole thing, um, at the top. And then we break down, like, here are all the blockers that are getting in the way. Here's how else they're spending their time. That's, that's not contributing to revenue at all. And so, um, so really like breaking it down so that it's simple and it's clear. And maybe like in that way, resembles like the things that work about um commodity content but in like a very category like approach right so like the best like category content still uses the best practices from like copywriting right like surfacing like the points like to the top um having a hook um and like simplifying the takes right like one two three boom 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 like here here are the things you want to know So, like, they're still easy to consume, um, but there's like more substance behind it. There's like real research that goes into it. There's a real like analysis on like how this um, how this relates to 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 us and like with the takeaways from it. So, we're not expecting people to you know go through and sift through all the stats and all the results. We're just kind of like surfacing the ones that people care about.
0: Got it. So, it sounds like category content is a lot more in depth in terms of using research using data using insights whereas commodity is a lot more surface level easy to produce easy to consume has that hook whereas category is actually taking the best practices from the commodity so it's reeling you in with the hook making it easy to understand you can kind of skim parts if you want to but you can get kind of more in depth if you want to look at the stats if you want to look at the breakdowns and all that good stuff
1: yeah exactly like the the way that i think about it is Um, point of view, like you, like factor number one is, is you need a point of view and this goes back to, um, not only content strategy, but really like your business strategy, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is the problem that you've seen in the market? right um and then wh- how how are you fixing it what's your approach to fixing this problem and then your approach to fixing that problem um and why that problem exists um and why people should care about it like that's all that's your business strategy but it's also can, it also can be your content strategy and so um so starting with that like knowing having something to say <laughs> essentially is what it goes down to um and then using um like real data uh, and it can be qualitative it can be quantitative but um, Using kind of uh, real data um, and like social proof on like why um, why we think this way, what we've seen in the market that made us think this, and um, what our customers have seen, what other people are seeing, you know, bringing all of that um, to kind of uh, support your point of view. So that's that's kind of like the next thing, and then the third thing is um, simplif- um, simplifying um, or explaining a concept in a new way. So if you think about this again, like you're not going to be the only one who, um, in your category forever, like other people, if it's successful, other people are going to like jump in and try and replicate what you've done. It's always going to be the case. And so the, from a marketing perspective, the way that you win is you, you own the category because you convey your point of view and you convey the problem better than anyone else has and you see this like going back to the per- personal content going back to linkedin content right um nothing is new like no one's like coming up with world's um shattering like points of view like they're it's all it's all it's all um out there in terms of like uh, uh wh- whether it's been like addressed before so it's it's all about how can you package that content um in a in a way that makes it feel new right like yep. that makes it feel um basically like when you get it, right? Like you've, we've all read um, books or um, posts or blogs that's like, oh, I've never thought about it that way. Like you want, you want your audience to think that, like I've never thought about it that way um, because you're able to explain it like cleanly, clearly, and like with a, with a different angle. Um, and that kind of leads me to, to number four, which is the final one, which is, is it sticky? And so part of the way that you do this is through storytelling okay? And, um, and storytelling, like, um, and creativity, like at its most like base form is really just like connecting two different things. And oftentimes for, for SAS, that's like, here's the problem. Um, I'm gonna explain this very clearly so that you agree that it's the problem, um, or at least we can have the discussion that it's a problem. Um, And then I'm gonna connect it to like this solution over here. Um, We're gonna like connect these two things and we're gonna do that through a metaphor, like a story, um, something that's like, that makes it click for you, right? And so this is why like metaphors and um, similes and stories work so well because you're relating it to something that somebody already understands um, and already sort of like agrees with, right. Where if you're saying like, um, th- for this, for this concept right here, um, commodity versus category, right. Like I think in, in a recent post, like I talked about, um, com- commodity content being like empty calories, right. Being like donuts. Right. And so we all agree with that. Everyone's like, yeah, we agree that donuts are empty calories, um, and that they're not great for you, uh, long-term. Um, and so you're using that as kind of like the The stickiness of like, like heads are nodding now because we all agree donuts are empty calories. And I can see now the connection that you're making by even calling it commodity content to begin with. I understand the the concept of commodity and what you might be getting at here, and then sort of like making that connection to okay, here's like more of the answer with category content, and then breaking that down into into four like simple steps so um (laughs) getting sort of meta here and like using using the concept to explain the concept but um but the point here is like the stickiness factor and why like commercials work and why like big brands continue to like um lean into concepts that seem to have nothing to do with what they what they actually sell what geico does for instance like the 15 minutes a day uh type commercials and with the gecko like it's creating this like recognition like pattern
0: um
1: that you um that makes it sticky right and so stickiness is kind of the the last one
0: with 60 to 70 percent of their inbound demo requests never making it to a book meeting brian schuler abm and marketing's operation manager at sas optics knew a change was needed Their inbound scheduling process required sales development reps to go back and forth with prospects to qualify and schedule a meeting before they ever spoke to an account executive. Brian implemented Chili Piper's concierge solution, allowing inbound prospects to book a meeting time in the correct account exec's calendar immediately after filling in a demo request form. Behind the scenes, Chili Piper qualified the lead, routed it to the correct account exec, and booked the meeting in their calendar. Since implementing Chili Piper, they've seen a booked rate on inbound demo requests increase from 40% to 90%, meaning four times more sales meetings and double the amount of inbound pipeline per month. Book your free customized demo today at chilipiper.com. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R.com. Are you tired of competitors stealing your traffic, leads and sales all because they're higher on Google? Maybe you're investing in paid ads, but want to enjoy the benefits of organic SEO, meaning free traffic and inbound customers and not having to pay Google for every single click. Or perhaps you're running SEO and ads, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Any of this sound familiar? Let the team at WebChoice fix that for you. Book a free consultation today at webchoiceuk.com. Dot .com that's webchoiceuk.com awesome can you just remind us of the four steps that you walked us through then
1: sure so point of view i'm having a unique point of view um and then um research or social proof like um you know the the reason that i should believe you um and then Number three is um, kind of comes down to clear communication um, at its base, but um, being able to explain something better than anyone else. Uh, and then four, that kind of like, um, it, it's it, it kind of helps with three, like they kind of work in tandem together. But four is that stickiness factor. And this kind of goes into like copywriting and uh, distribution strategies. But like, how am I going to remember you?
0: Awesome. I really appreciate the breakdown. That's made it crystal clear and been very actionable in terms of how people can put it into play so with that said is it a no-brainer should should every business focus on category content or is it as is it as simple as that or not
1: i think that if you if you are starting from scratch and um and and no budget then probably like your best like avenue is to um is to go pure like organic content right and um and you're not worried about like social and you're not even like that worried about capturing demand and so if that's the case you should start with um category content um because you should um be as you did sort of like carving out this sort of like name for yourself and being known for something Um, i think it's in some ways like easier to do if you are a solo marketer or a solo entrepreneur because you have like your own um points of view and you don't have to um get buy-in, um, sort of like from, from the rest of the company to do it. And, um, you can, you can just kind of carve out your own niche. Um, so I think in that case, like go all in on category content. I think a lot of like software companies, um, can and should do that. What it needs to start with is usually like, you know, clear business, um, business strategy, um, and clear positioning, and once you have like those things set, like then you can yep. create, um, category content, like then you can create basically like a very, um, tight, um, content strategy. And so if you don't have those things, you're still kind of like working on, um, product market fit, um, or you have sort of a, uh, tighter sort of runway for investors, um, or things like that, where you need to basically be capturing some, some demand. um, and, or, or just building like a a bigger audience, um, then it often makes time, makes sense to sort of like combine the two, right. Where it's like, you have your kind of, um, more tends to be like more commodity content that gets more eyeballs and that brings in like more awareness. Um, and you kind of use that as, uh, your distribution and, uh, kind of reach engine, you know, to, to just get known at the beginning because it does take time to like build and like be known for something in, if you're building a category. Um, sure. so you have that as kind of something to, I think, I think of it as like uh, buying your, buying you time or, um, or creating like that runway for you to build like this, this larger thing. That's, um, that's more of an investment and it takes more time. So you kind of, you start with that and you build an audience off of that. Um, and you pair that with some of like the category content that's going to get less eyeballs, but it's going to get more of the right eyeballs. And if you have both of those things like kind of together, um, then that's kind of where the sweet spot is because you can sort of bring in a larger audience, bring in like more eyeballs, um, and um, just make sure it's like it's in in your niche still, um, but maybe still has like broader appeal. And then, um, yeah, and then you pair that with kind of like the hyper specific thing of like, this is like, if we had this one persona, if we could speak to this, like, one person, um, then like our whole whole business would change or like our whole um, uh, projections would change. Um, And so you hyper focus like on that with some of the category content and um, you pair those things together and it's kind of a, a sweet spot.
0: Awesome. So with that said, you mentioned earlier, I think it was Salesforce as an example. So if a company wants to get started on, for example, putting together category content, should they put together really long form articles that do what you guys at Dooley have done or Salesforce have done, that are giving that unique point of view, still following some best practices from commodity content using hooks, making it easy to consume, but then coming in with unique data points, ideas, their own thoughts, their own opinions, um, and all that good stuff, put it into a massive long form article on their website and then chop it up into a bunch of social posts maybe podcast videos and all that good stuff or is there a strategy that you've seen works really well for it
1: yeah so i mean it really depends on um it really depends on your audience right like where does your audience live right now um you got it you have to start with that and then you're going to create a um both a, a content creation and a content distribution plan around that right and so i would i would use that as kind of like the caveat, um, for this, but then I'll give kind of a few examples that come to mind. So, um, the going, going back to kind of like those, um, four factors, um, a couple of things smart that I've seen SaaS companies do lately are one, um, like use your own product, product data. Like that's, that's unique to you. Like that's unique to, to your product. Um, and, um, you can essentially like build your own internal feedback loops, right? Like how are, how is everyone using our product? Um, and if we have enough like users on here, um, then are we able to to use those insights in our content? So going back to this example from Salesloft, and that they're they're able to use their own like email product data um, as part of their marketing. Gong's done this for for sales calls as well, and so it's not always possible, but you can do that. And then there's other examples of like uh, what I call like contextual content, um, but um it's sort it sort of falls into this like product um strategy um where you have maybe templates like within, within your content, right. Or like um, to help people get started kind of like with your product. Um, And really like what that is, is use cases, right? Like now I'm contextualizing, like how you'd use the product and I might be using use cases from um, other customers, or I might be using them from um, consultants that like you really respect. Right. And so if you use some of those, like, again, like it's um, while it may be, while you may be leaning on other partners and customers and not technically you, you are able to like create this library that nobody has. And so that's like another way that I've like okay. seen it done. And then sort of the the last thing is is tapping into your internal expertise. Um, so this can take a few different forms. Like your founder, if they have a very clear like point of view and um, positioning on on the market and the problem that they solve, um, then that can create like very good category content, right? Cause it's like, this is broken. (laughs) Like oftentimes like you come up with those types of thought leadership articles of like, this is broken. Here's why, here was my experience. Here's why it doesn't work anymore. Um, and yes, like that can start as an article. I think most powerful is when um, if you have that person internally, um, that's a subject matter expert and respected by the people you're selling to. So if you're a salesperson, it would be like your, your VP of sales, or in our case, our um, our founder is also a salesperson or start, um, started as a salesperson. Um, and so both of them um, are internal subject matter experts. And so having an interview like this with them um, about their point of view, like captures that um, video that is very easy to repurpose. If you capture video and conversation, then like now you're able to repurpose that for YouTube, you're able to pr- repurpose clips for social, um, you're yep. able to turn it into an article. So I find like that the best way to one, be able to collaborate with the people that have the knowledge. Like they're probably the most willing to, um, to sit down and chat than they are to like sit down and write an article. So that, that requires like a lot of, um, um, it requires them to like, to be a, to be a good writer and also to like have the time to kind of like flesh out their thoughts. Whereas like they can just share their thoughts and then, um, a writer or a content marketer can come in to kind of like help, um, categorize or simplify some of those thoughts.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Great example. I mean, like you say, video, Podcast recordings possibilities almost endless because you can re- repurpose it, chop it up, transcribe it, get it into an article, get it into a blog, get it into a, uh, a short form post, and you're you're good as gold. So that's that's good. So taking everything we've we've now learned in terms of the differences between category content and commodity content, the pros and cons, how to get started, how can we turn this into cash in the bank, into revenue for our business? What kind of timelines are we talking and how does it actually convert viewers into demo requests, strategy calls or whatever the kind of final call to action, the final conversion point is that we want uh, prospects to speak to sales teams for?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So, um, what it comes down to is marketing is still, even with like the best strategy, marketing is still going to be like, um, a series of like strategic bets. And so you're going to take bets on like this. Um, this is like the, the content that is going to, um, support our argument and, um, explain a concept like in a way that is going to make sense. And so if you're wanting to get to, to revenue faster, then you, you build a cadence um, or like a regular cadence of, um, of explaining, educating, um, the market. And so this is why, like, I like social so much is because you're, you would be able to break down, um, what I would consider like category content, um, into, into micro videos or into, um, like a graphic that explains a concept in a very like simple way, and you could post those like every single day, and um, and then you're educating your market like every single day um, on this like broader pillar strategy. You're giving them like a piece of it every single day, um, okay. and um, and then eventually like the um, a potential buyer is educated enough like that. Um, that they come inbound right Um, and there's there's two things that go into like the consistency of like seeing you every day um, and not but not just seeing you because that like that can be commodity content right and that can't necessarily um, make an impact for your bottom line but like learning from you every day so if they're learning from you every day and I think that comes in two forms of like um, you know they're learning like a, a new stat or they're learning something new about the market that they didn't know like the actual explaining education piece and then there's the like insight piece where like they feel like a light bulb's gone off right they're like oh i've never thought about it that way before if you're doing like both of those things um consistently um then you're you're gonna like bring in revenue i think like some leading indicators that you can look at um on social are just who who are the people that are engaging with this right like who's liking it who's commenting are there are they tagging other people? Or are they sharing it with other people? Those are going to be like more of your leading indicators on like whether they consider this this good or like relevant sort of content. Okay. Um, and then on the website, um, something that I look at as well is um, there's a feature in Google Analytics um, under Goals where if you set the goals um, to be like you know demo requests or signups or whatever, then you can see the. Where that person converted, but then you can also see like the two or three pages before that that they looked at to convert, right? And so it might be something like um, case studies, like in 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 some cases. Um, For us, like this is kind of how we saw that like some of the the category content was working was because it would be like the step or two before they converted, right? Before they like requested a demo, before they signed up for. For content and so i look at those types of things to see you know website content what is resonating with people and then also there's like the qualitative stuff of um again going back to that same example of that report um somebody shared with us like hey this is great and like uh linked to to that report of like um this is really quality content right and so your audience will tell you um but the thing i would just look out for is um it's easy to fall into the trap of for, for marketers of like, you're doing great marketing. Like we, we love your marketing, but is that coming from your audience, like your target audience, or is that coming from other marketers? Right. Like, is that coming from um, from people that uh, j- they just like you or they just like your style and stuff. Um, that's not uh, it's not worthless, but it can be like distracting. So um, just be careful on like who you listen to um, and, and where you're getting your sort of like feedback loops um and use that to kind of like um fuel the the next thing
0: interesting um how do you claim that when leads come in whether they're demo requests which i guess they would be for for Dooley, that it's from the content that you've created are we talking dark social are we talking how did you hear about us or the sales reps how did you hear about us on inquiry forms are we talking the sales reps ask Kind of when they pick up the initial discovery call and say, look, how did you stumble upon us today? And then they're saying, look, we followed you on LinkedIn or we followed a piece of content on articles and that kind of stuff. Or is that how we're attributing it to the work we're doing or is there other ways?
1: Yeah. So the, the most valuable type of feedback and, and the most valid is um, the, you know, how did you hear about us? Like, uh, ideally, you want to track like all the way to somebody actually requesting a demo or somebody actually being qualified and so the more you can track like deeper in the funnel the better of like what was it um, that um not only got you interested but like why are you here and oftentimes if you have that open text field then you're able to get more like um they might tell you like two or three um executions that worked well for them or two or three channels so um if you can do that um great like we're in the process of of doing that right now and so in the interim something another thing that's worked well for us is um UTM links. Like this is, this is a little bit tricky because it goes against like how people typically consume content and how they prefer to request demos. Um, But like, it still gives, gives us like leading indicators of like, okay, if we know that like a couple people clicked this UTM link, like on this content, that there are probably more people that were uh, impacted uh, by it, but just didn't want to click the link because that's just not how we typically interact with content. So, um, so I use that as well um, on like the, on the demo forms that does show like the UTM link of like the campaign um, that is how they sort of like, came in. So um, we use that. And then some other sort of things that we, that we piece together to get the full picture are um, what you mentioned sales calls. Right. And so you can um, in Gong and I think now in Chorus, like you can add a keyword um that you're trying to track right so if we know if you know that like podcast um is like the main thing you're leaning into then maybe you'll set like a, a keyword for for podcast um that you want to like track on those sales calls that are sort of like ping um, and then same thing with like linkedin right if you know like that's a big part of your content strategy um, and something that you want to track um, you can set up like that as a keyword too. Um, it's not a perfect system, but um, the second part of this is just uh, having good transparency within the team. So um, the sales team knows that like, it's helpful for, for us um, to know what's working and it's helpful for them so that we they can get better quality leads, right? And so they're pretty good <laughs> about saying, hey, like this person came from this or this person mentioned this, like they'll, they'll yeah. share that feedback, you know, so that we can create those kind of, uh, feedback loops. And then again, like dark social you mentioned. So, um, this is another like hard thing to do, but anytime there's like some, um, uh, love, like some, some duly love in terms of like, it's usually in like a DM It's somebody like DMing me and and saying like, Hey, like love your content. And then I'll usually say like, why, (laughs) right? Like what, what was it that you specifically liked? And then I'll try and like share that feedback, um, or, you know, iterate on that feedback to make our marketing better.
0: Awesome. I think you've covered almost every angle. And I think what I like about that is you've covered it more than most people do. A lot of marketers get a bit shaky when I ask about how is this actually be actually contributing to revenue? But I like that you're almost covering every angle from kind of how did you hear about us right through to Google Analytics, UTM codes, um, checking the engagement, checking idle clients who are actually liking, engaging, sharing in the feed, um, which a lot of marketers I just don't think do enough of. Um, yeah or they um, don't understand how to do it
1: yeah i mean this is also just like a shout out to um uh to jenna so she she's our head of rev ops um and she's done like a fantastic job in terms of like creating the the dashboards and reports that gives kind of a little bit more you, you can never see the full picture right but like it gives a bit no, more course. visibility <laughs> yeah um it'd be too easy right um but that just gives a little bit more visibility into like Where do we where do we think like everyone is coming in from based on what we're able to track right based on like um, these like UTM links um, for both paid and then we tend to use them for like organic social as well, and so. Based on that, based on like how a salesperson can, can manually like update um, something or like we're pretty good about like manually up to, uh, updating if we get more data. So, um, so there's that. And then our, our head of growth too, sort of like led the charge in terms of like making sure we have better visibility, um, making sure that we're adding like that. How did you hear about us?
0: Awesome. Is there a typical time frame? If a business got started on creating category content today, is there a time frame in which they can expect to start driving revenue from it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, um, it really depends. Uh, I know, I know like I keep saying depends, but it really depends on your, on your sales cycle, right? Like if you're, if you're selling into an enterprise, like I would not expect this to, this to work like within a month, (laughs) within two months. Um, uh, if you're more transactional, um, and, um, and have maybe like a a, a bigger TAM in the market of maybe you're just like a, more of a user, um, um, uh, Uh, type platform versus like b2b again like shorter shorter sales cycles and so so it's hard for me to say like when you can expect to get results but um if i'm just going off like um data points from me talking to other people about what they've seen from this strategy and what i've personally seen um on on doing this for myself um is like a quarter, right? So like, um, 90 days basically okay. of like consistent sort of like action. Um, yeah. cause I feel like it's, it takes like a good, maybe 60 to really like sort of break into, um, break into sort of a, a market and get noticed at all. Even if you're creating like top, top quality content every day, if you're starting from scratch, like you just need that repetition. Um, but then a quarter typically, uh, is like enough to like, to have, to get traction for it to go all the way to a a sales cycle or get all the way through
0: a sales cycle and that makes sense right and it's like you say it's going to depend on where your company's at how long it takes for buyers to buy your stuff if you're selling a hundred grand a year product it's probably going to take a bit longer than something that costs i don't know twenty dollars a month so it's yeah it's all relative like most things in marketing but with that said Kim, i really appreciate you coming on the show this has been a very very enjoyable episode i think you've covered all points uh, across both sides of content so I want to thank you and i also want to thank you for not buckling for under some pretty tough questions that a lot of marketers would and really going deep and really sharing how it contributes to revenue so we'd love to have you back on the show at some stage for a uh, another topic that'd be great so with that said thanks for coming on please do share about um how everyone tuning in can connect with you learn more and anything you want to you want to promote to our audience
1: yeah yeah for sure um so yeah first off thanks for having me thanks for asking uh, the challenging questions uh uh, I mean, that, that's like how you get better, right? Going back to the feedback loops. Um, that's, uh, that's part of the strategy is like, you have to be challenged um, to get better. So um, appreciate that. And um, the plug for, for me, I guess, is um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you do have questions about any of this, like about category content, commodity content, how I'm thinking about it, what I'm seeing, like in terms of um, our marketing strategy, connect with me, Camille Trent. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best place. And then also you can, um, and then take a look at Dooley, um, both our, our blog. We're starting to do some interesting things in terms of thought leadership content, um, repurposing content, um, and, uh, yeah, and, and more explainer content. So we have like a pretty good mix over there and then, um, also really active on LinkedIn. So you can take a look at our page.
0: Awesome. And we'll put all of those over at the show notes, all those links on the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, thanks once again for coming on the show, Camille, really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you, Sam. Appreciate it.
0: No worries. No worries at all. So as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube or if you're tuning into the audio podcast, a quick rating is always appreciated. And with that, we should catch you on the next one. Cheers for tuning in.